Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 53. I love to have our listeners be a part of this podcast. So on this week's show, we're going to be talking with one of our podcast listeners, Chris Christensen, who is taking a cruise on Royal Caribbean's Jewel of the Seas. We're going to preview Chris's cruise as well as discuss the adventure of taking kids on a Royal Caribbean cruise, too. Here we go. So joining me on today's episode is Chris Lapine Christensen, and Chris is going on Jewel of the Seas in January uh, out of San Juan and taking a nice tour of the Southern Caribbean. Welcome to Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, Chris. Thank you, Matt. And we brought Chris on to preview our cruise, which we often like to do with our listeners. But in addition, we're going to kind of focus on the kid aspect because Chris, like many of, of our listeners, has a, has a child. Actually, you have a seven-year-old son, and it's kind of unique. You have a unique experience because... You've been on many cruises, in fact. In fact, your son has been on a number of cruises so far, Nor- Norwegian, Holland America, Disney, Carnival, and Celebrity, and this will be, although this is his first cruise on Royal, but not your first cruise. Did I get that right? Correct. Uh, this uh, this will be my 21st cruise and seventh on Royal. So tell me, why did you pick this particular cruise, this particular itinerary, and this particular ship? Um. What's interesting is after we traveled on the Disney Fantasy, we swore we would never go on any ship smaller because <laughs> that was the right size with all the activities and movies, etc. And then we ended up on the Celebrity Century, which is a really old ship with very little activities. But what we've decided is really itinerary is king for us. Um, the itinerary, itinerary matters more than the ship itself as a destination. So um, with six port days in a seven-day cruise, that was very similar to our Celebrity Century cruise and some of our um, Canada-New England cruises. So that's really what drew us to it and wanting to get back to Royal Caribbean since we haven't sailed Royal in about 10 years. Yeah, well, that's a, that's too long. What have you been doing, Chris? I mean, come on. I know. What else is more important? Second. I know. Geez. I know. Blasphemy. You know, <laughs> well, I, I got that platinum pin and walked away. What can I say? <laughs> the The good thing is I think you're absolutely right about the itinerary. This is exactly why we picked that cruise. We had, we had never been, same like you, we had never been on a ship that small before, and certainly in Royals Fleet. And But the, the idea of going on uh, such an important, intensive itinerary really appealed to us, and we felt, like you, that going on that cruise was going to be an opportunity to really explore lots of ports. and be spending so much time on land that what the ship may not offer compared to other ships in Royal Caribbean's fleet was not as important. And I think that was certainly, that was our idea going into it. And even looking back on it now, I think that still holds up. So I think you're going to, you're setting yourself up uh, pretty well right there. Yeah. And I think the jewels, a good size ship we've been on ships as, you know, around 50,000 gross registered tons. So she's, you know, not small (laughs) by any comparison to those but not as big as like the disney wonder or carnival uh breeze that we've been on either so it's it's that good size kind of moderate big by today's standards you know a few years ago it was large i know it's so funny how that gets changed right because when we went on we've been on you know freedom of the seas oasis of the seas and 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 you know navigator the seas when we saw jewel my wife and i giggled to each other because it was like oh it's so cute it's small but it's not small it's it's a huge ship it's you know it gets carrying 2000 people on there and that's nothing to laugh at it's yeah, just we, rel- it's all relative yeah we were actually booked on the quantum and switched it over to jewel just because of the itinerary absolutely and jewel's a beautiful ship by the way it's it's wonderful have you done 
any of the uh, any any cruises on on the same class in the Radiance class as Jewel? No, no. The largest we've done on Royal was uh, Rhapsody of the Seas and Legend of the Seas. Okay, cool. Well, Jewel's a great little ship. There's nothing I, I loved it on there. It's. I mean, you first of all, I, I hope you're making like a huge post-it note, like on top of all your notes, with huge red circles around it, to go to the Sea View Cafe. Because I don't know if you've heard about the cult following this place has. It's it's all true. Everything you've read is totally true about this place. It's amazing. Yeah, I'm disappointed. I hear rumors that they're going to get rid of it after dry yeah. dock. Yeah, yeah, it's totally it's totally gone. But in the meantime, you can still take advantage of it. So make sure you go there because it was one of those things like, yeah, we'll go there once. And we were there, I think, almost every night of our cruise for pre-dinner. <laughs> right, right. So let's talk about your cruise here. And now I know you're one of the things, the reason you emailed me actually to, to speak about this was bringing your son on here and your son is a veteran of the kids clubs on other ships. So tell me about your, your son's experience on these ships and, and kind of your, your concerns or worries or more just your expectations in general. Well, my background actually is in child protective services. So I think I'm a little more cynical and cautious than maybe some parents. Um, you know, I, I, don't fear other passengers on board, but I know it's a micro city, so I don't necessarily trust them either. But I do trust yeah. the kids' clubs um, and the background checks that they do. Um, I will say on our first cruise, when he was about two weeks shy of two, he was too young for the kids' club, so we went to the toddler room. Yep. And he seemed to enjoy that. And we had a, it was a Caribbean cruise, but it had some international guests, so it was really fun for him to interact with uh, kids from Norway and a few other European countries. Um, but it was, you know, parent guided; it wasn't uh, organized. So we followed up with a Disney cruise, which of course has a stellar kids program. Um, and technically, he was just shy of three, so he was in the nursery. But they invited him into the regular kids club as well. And at three, he was a little intimidated by the kids' club just because there were so many kids. He actually preferred the nursery, except for the fact that he liked the slide that Disney used to have in the kids' club. (laughs) As soon as the slide would close down, though, he would ask the counselors to call mom and dad to come pick him up, which wasn't a big deal because he was only in there for a short time, you know, while we went to Palo or some other specialty dining event. Um, And he was... Really kind of slow to warm up to the kids' clubs initially. Um, We just, you know, introduced him slowly. And the turning point for him was when we went with uh, his grandmother or my mom and his uncle to Alaska. And he resisted the kids' club for the first five days, which was fine. We, you know, it's a family trip. We're not going to push him in there. And we did an excursion with another child who was about his age. And they started talking on the bus, and she started talking about how much she loved the kids' club. And so the last day of the cruise, he started going and then didn't want to leave. So once he really got to appreciate what the kids' club was like and getting to know the kids, he became hooked. Absolutely. Um, Now we have to be careful where we go on excursions because if he sees the ship, he will ask if the kids' club is open Mm. and then want to go straight back to the ship. So understand. Yeah, yeah. makes sense. So it's interesting. You mentioned one of the earlier cruises you were on was a very much an international vibe to it. And the, and Jewel the Sea Sailing out of San Juan, you're definitely going to have a, a percentage of people there that are Puerto Rican or from other islands, Spanish-speaking people, especially. Correct. It's probably going to be about – in our cruise, we went in September, and that's also another off-season. I mean, January is – you know, kids are in school, so it's not like prime time. 
But you'll probably get about maybe twenty five. I, I guesstimated that it was about twenty five percent of the of the people there were were Spanish speaking. So it's kind of interesting. Uh, you know, gives a little uh, difference there. And you know, for the for kids, it's great because they get a little more <clears throat> excuse me exposure and uh, you know a little more uh, interaction, which is always nice. And um, you know, the the clubs are you know it's kind of interesting because uh, relatively speaking, and this is another relative thing, is that. You know, when you look at the kids' clubs across the fleet, Jules is going to be, you know, it, it, it's on one of the smaller ships, and it has not been refurbished yet. So it's going to be, if you were to compare it to the kids' club, the Adventure Ocean Club on Freedom of the Seas, on even a refurbished Navigator of the Seas, uh, it, I mean, it, it's going to be a, big, a bit of a difference. It's not going to be certainly as large a facility, but they actually do have a very nice area over there, and I think that your son's going to still enjoy it because I think it's going to be very intimate because again you're not going during prime time you're going during what uh what's what sailing in january are you on what day does it leave the very first i believe it's the third of january okay yeah so everyone's already done with their christmas breaks and so these are people that are taking time off of work essentially and uh so that's it's good because it's a little less crowded there and not as much high demand so you might have less kids sailing so there might which i think is good for for attention right for your child because then there's more counselors per per child and right, that can work out. That can work out really well. Um, right. Are you Are you doing any of the any of the? Uh, oh, man, I'm blanking on the word here. The babysitting, in room babysitting at all? No, no. Okay. Yeah, we did we, uh, we only did that once when we went with um, my nieces, and it wasn't really in room babysitting. They did it in the kids club, but it was after hours kind of sitting. Uh, yeah. Very similar, just a different location. And we've done that once, but. Um, the last few cruises, they actually had a after-hour party, so an extra charge, late-night thing, kind of a slumber party-ish, and he really likes those. That he always asks if he can go, yeah. so he yeah, gets had, one one a cruise. Yeah, yeah, we did that on Navigator of the Seas. They had that. They have regular hours for Venture Ocean. For those who are unaware, and you know, depending on what the schedule is, it's whatever. Usually, the last session is always in the evening, right around dinner time, and usually it closes. I want to say something like. 10 o'clock or so but you can do for an additional fee and it's like a nominal fee it's really nothing uh per hour up to like 2 a.m or something and my daughter did it and she loved it so i can see why your son would enjoy it too yeah and he's been in the most crowded kids clubs and the largest on disney and the smallest on holland american uh mazdom of this or mazdom so i know pretty much if it's a kids club he'll fit in just fine so nice so let's talk about it <laughs> uh, what are you, what are your uh, first of all? What uh, stateroom did you book for category? Uh, one very similar to you. We did a, I believe it's a D two. It's the extended balcony right off the centrum. Yep. And I am aware of aware of the noise issues. I've seen them mentioned many times. Luckily, we're uh, late to go to bed, but also slow to rise, so we should be sleeping after the noise has died down. So I don't think That's that'll good. be a problem. Yeah, and honestly, uh, as even if you're just like two or three cabins away from the centrum, like it makes a big difference. We were literally the first cabin off the centrum, okay. so so it that was. I I really felt like if you were just even two or three cabins down, you would. I think the noise issue progressively got less and less noticeable. But as long as you're aware of it and and you're okay with it, it it'll be fine. We had yeah, great. Wanted, it's it's a wonderful cabin, no question about it. Yeah, I wanted that big balcony. Absolutely. It's nice to have those hump balconies there and get a little extra space and not have to pay for it. Exactly. Nice. 
anything on the ship that you're looking forward to doing in particular? Something new to yourself? Uh, new? Uh, something? Uh, a favorite you're looking to redo? Want to try Chops Grill? Never. We haven't had that on our other royal experiences. Um, we're also going to do the Italian specialty. I can never remember if it's Giovanni's Table or Portofino, but Portofino. whatever one it is. Okay, Portofino. Yep. Um, and then we're going back to St. Martin. I mean, this isn't the ship, but on the itinerary, two of the islands that we're going to are ones we always wanted to go back to. So it's uh, nice to get to try something new on the ship, but also to visit something familiar once we're off the ship. Absolutely. I, this one, Again, the itinerary that, that Jules sails here, I really love. And I, we did the other one similar. We went to a different islands. But that Southern Caribbean itinerary is just – there's so many beautiful islands to choose from. It's going to be like – you're going to be like, oh, man, the beach isn't quite as beautiful as the last one. But that's like saying, like, you know, this New York strip steak doesn't taste nearly as good as the filet mignon. It's still steak no, no matter what. Right, right. And, and uh, St. Martin's beautiful. And I'm, I'm really curious about the, uh, the some of the British islands that you're going to, the British Virgin Islands, because those – Sound really cool as well. What are your plans for? Are you looking? Are you doing excursions to Royal Caribbean? Are you planning your own? A little of both, or are you staying on board? Maybe uh, probably a little of both. Uh, no, we probably won't stay on board. Um, my wife doesn't tolerate staying on board. She's a <laughs> land lover. Yeah. Um, ironically, she's not an avid cruiser, which she wouldn't know from her cruising history. But she appreciates the value of a cruise and having the kids clubs and the dining and unpacking once. So she's grown accustomed to cruising, especially now that we have a son. So uh, we did a two day cruise followed by a seven day and that two days to nowhere was enough that she had to get off the ship during turnaround day to walk. So man, boy, boy you're, <laughs> I'm glad that you canceled your quantum cruise. That's like a bunch of sea days right there. Yeah, we, we've done that before, though, with Southern Caribbean cruises out of Miami. But yeah, by the time yeah. that third day comes around, she's ready to get off. <laughs> um, not not to stop the cruise, but to get off yeah. and touch land. Um, so it's a good thing she, you know, didn't cross in the 15 and 1600s from, you know, England or I don't know. But that's another story. Um so what are your, so we'll um, get we'll get off yeah. in every island. Um, I'm leaning right now towards mostly Royal. Um, well, that's not true. It's about fifty percent through Royal, fifty percent on our own. Um, the one I'm really leaning to, towards Royal is uh, Tortola, and the main reason for that is we're there on a Sunday, and we want to go over to the baths, uh, Virgin oh. Gorda, and the. Ferry schedule is truncated on Sundays, so just for comfort, uh, kind of safety, we're going to go with Royal Caribbean. And honestly, the price, I think it's about 15% more. It's not a, a tremendous surcharge to go through Royal. So I always weigh convenience with price. Yeah, no, there's no question about that. And that, and that, and that seems like a good idea. You know, the other great thing about this cruise is because the, these islands you're going to are so close to each other, you, the ship is going to go like like three knots an hour. I mean, it's really going to just, you won't feel a thing short of a storm, of course, but you're going in right. January, so you should be fine in that regard. And that's going to be so nice. And, you know, you go there, you're you're getting in at 8 o'clock, you're leaving at like 5, 5.30 every day. I mean, it's really nominal because a lot of the times it's like, okay, it's gonna, the captain will tell you we're going 50 nautical miles. It's like, dude, we can like bike that. Like, you don't need to, you know, I, I frankly, I don't know why they're not staying longer. Maybe it's a cost thing, but uh It'll be yeah, really I bet. cool. Yeah, so we what, did uh, a 
California Done. coastal from LA to Santa Barbara, which is like a one hour drive on the freeway. <laughs> and, you know, it took 16 hours to get there. Of course. Well, it's nice. It's a, it's a smooth ride. You can right. be assured that if they want to find, you know, avoid clouds, they'll be able to do that. So it's cool. Exactly. So we talked a little bit about your, your plant. That was the, the baths were on which island? Uh, it's off of uh, Tortola. Tortola. I, know, okay, I think so. it's Virgin Gorda's the island. Okay. So you take a ferry over. Any other excursions? You're, what's the, what excursion do you think is really uh, sticking out in your mind? What are you most excited for? Uh, St. Martin. Uh, we're, uh, we did it once before on a Disney cruise. Um, I don't think my son really remembers it too well. I mean, outside of pictures, but we definitely want to see the planes land again. Uh, yeah. We felt we got a little shortchanged in, um, on the French side, so we want more time over on the French side. And I personally think they have the best beaches and the warmest water. So um, I definitely want to spend some time in the water there. We're not huge beach people, even though we live near the beach in California. Um, in fact, sadly, my son has never been to a California beach. Uh, I know. Blasphemy. Um, well, you know, the best place for the beach is when you're on vacation, when someone else yep. has to deal with the sand. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think I'm looking most forward to the baths. I am most forward to St. Martin kind of doing the highlights that we did before and getting more time to do them. Nice. Well, before I let you go, Chris, we ask all of our guests on our podcast, a couple of quick questions and just tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. All right. Okay. Favorite restaurant on a Royal Caribbean ship can't answer that one because none of the ships I've had outside of, have had anything but the main dining room. So main dining room it is, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Preferred drink while on a Royal Caribbean cruise? I'm looking forward to the, is it the Labadoozy? Well, you're going to have to ask them special for it. They should be able to make yeah, it for you. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. they can. Um, yeah. You know, the last Royal Caribbean cruise, uh, I'm not a huge martini fan, but they had 350 martini specials. Ooh. So that's kind of what we drink. Nice. Um, but, um, you know, we're pretty classic. You know, the frozen Miami Vice, the Pina Colada, <laughs> very simple, classic, absolutely ordinary cocktails. Great choices. Uh, they're, they're classics for a reason, right? Exactly. Favorite port of call to visit? St. Martin. St. Martin, good. And lastly, favorite song on the radio or your iPod today? I'm a podcast listener. I don't really listen to music. So, Royal Cream yeah. and Black Podcast. Woohoo! There All you right. go. <laughs> and this is why, folks, you get on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Chris, this is wonderful, and, and I'm wishing you the best of luck. I think you're going to have a great time. I think you're really going to love it, because I think your expectations are perfectly in line for what Jewel offers. And uh, I loved your email, by the way. For those, I, I wish I could share the email here that, that Chris sent me. It, it starts out with, forgive me, Father, but it's been nine years since my last real Caribbean cruise. <laughs> hey, can you tell I went to Catholic school for most of my yeah. life? <laughs> I loved it. So, Chris, Thank have you. a great time, and let us know how it goes. Okay, I definitely will. All right, let's get to our emails, tweets, Facebook messages, and everything else you've sent me. And we're going to start out with a message from Scott H. And Scott writes, first, let me say I've really enjoyed the podcast. Looking forward to my first Royal Caribbean cruise on Freedom of the Seas next May. Unlike a lot of travel-related podcasts, you keep to the point without a lot of fluff. Anyway, 
couple small things I wanted to point out. Please take them in the spirit. I intend not trying to be a pen pendantic jerk. <laughs> the St. Tropes deck you mentioned on the most recent episode is pronounced San Trope or St. Trope. Oh, okay. Not a big deal, but I would hope someone would point it out to me if I were in your spot. Also, a few episodes back, you were talking about Melbourne. The way to pronounce it is Melbourne. Most Americans say it like you, but to my friends who are from Melbourne, it sounds like nails on a chalkboard. I know, there's Melbourne, Florida, and there's Melbourne, which is... Anyway, whatever. <laughs> They're from Australia. I know it's not easy with the international places you have to mention on the Travel Podcast. Keep up the good work. Scott, thank you, as always, for keeping me on my toes. I appreciate that. Next, we have an email from Quentin. Hi, Matt. Listen to your podcast every week and love your show. My wife and I have never sailed Royal Caribbean before, only on Carnival. My question is, we're thinking of either Royal Caribbean or Celebrity out of San Juan in 2015. Can you explain the difference between the two and what the dress code is for Celebrity? Thanks. Well, Quentin, the difference between Royal Caribbean and Celebrity, for those who aren't aware, Celebrity Cruises is owned by Royal Caribbean. So there's Royal Caribbean Cruises Limited, which is the parent company, and they own Royal Caribbean International. Celebrity Cruises and Azamara Cruises, there's also, they have a little ownership stake and a couple other things, but those are the main ones and the ones you always hear about. So they're sister companies and they're very similar. The thing is, Celebrity is kind of the upscale sister to Royal Caribbean. It's more of a niche cruise line, kind of. In, in, to put some perspective, maybe this may, might help. There's Carnival, which is which owns also. There's Carnival Cruise Line, and there's Princess Cruise Line. Princess Cruise Line is the upscale version from Carnival. Same basic concept. They're not exactly one to one, but you kind of get the idea. It's just kind of a put this in cars. Here's another example. Maybe you have, of course, you have Ford and you have Lincoln. It's not that you know Lincoln is the higher up model. Not that the celebrity is necessarily always going to be a higher scale, but. They have a different, it's kind of a different thing. Royal Caribbean is going for the family market. They're a mass market cruise line. Celebrity still a mass market cruise line, but they're going for a little more upscale experience, a little more luxury. And I use that word loosely because it's not like really luxury in the grand sense of things. It's not like everything's adorned in gold and silver and platinum. It's just, you know, a different kind of experience. So the difference is, and this is, again, this is my experience from looking out because I've obviously I've sailed on Royal Caribbean a number, number of times. And I know enough about celebrity based on everything I read. I've actually I've never actually taken a celebrity cruise, but everything I've heard from other people who have taken it, you generally generally speaking, this is very much generalizations. Celebrity cruises tend to have slightly an older audience to them. Not like it's you know the wheelchair crowd, but they'll be you know. Whereas Royal Caribbean again, you got families, you got some younger people. The age range is now a little bit more tilted towards the older folks. You know, probably people that would be like maybe my my parents. Um, grandparents uh you know so i think it's more of you know maybe in the 40s 50s 60s as opposed to maybe more royal caribbean maybe centered a little bit more centralized in terms of the age ranges again not huge differences now if you do have kids that is going to be a huge difference because i think that royal caribbean is a major has a major advantage of it now selling out of san juan you're probably looking in royal caribbean you're looking out at probably jewel of the seas or maybe adventure of the seas depending on the time of year i'm not sure what celebrity sells out of there but their fleet of ships is a little different and the Solstice class, which is their newest class of ships, is definitely a really nice class, actually. But I'm not sure if that's the same class that's going out of San Juan in 2015. So, again, I can't get too much into detail here. Of course, I welcome all of our listeners. If, you've had, if you have experience on both and kind of can kind of drum it down to like a quick 30-second uh, description between the two, that would be appreciated. But I think really what you're looking at, they're very similar, but they have slight differences. They're not huge. Again, they're sister companies, so you're not going to see major differences but it's, it's a different experience overall, and I think that 
what celebrity offers you is a little bit more of, again, for lack of a better word, an upscale experience. But I, you know, it may, you may have to look at the ships because some of the celebrity ships are a little older and San Juan's not exactly the hub of brand new ships. Not that, you know, Jewel of the Seas is brand new either, but Adventure of the Seas just got a refurbishment. So if I were you, I would really look at a couple things. Price. Of course, if there's a major price difference and one is cheaper than the other, then maybe that makes a big difference to you. Itinerary, where they're sailing, can also make a big difference to you. And lastly, of course, the age of the ship. Look at that. Make that a comparison. Take those into consideration. I think that you won't go wrong in there. So, again, Quentin, let us know how it goes. Our next email is from Case. Hey, Matt, my husband just introduced me to your podcast two weeks ago during a grueling 16-hour road trip. It was a nice distraction from the miles of highway and cornfields. We live in Houston and cruise Royal Caribbean every spring. We've done Voyager of the Seas, Mariner of the Seas, and most recently, Navigator of the Seas. I have to say Navigator has been my favorite by far. We always book one of the owner suites, and the crew on Mariner were just above and beyond fabulous. Now, we did get to dine with the captain on Navigator of the Seas this past March, and it was wonderful. I was lucky enough to get seated next to him, or he was lucky enough to be seated next to me. (laughs) As for Sabor, I can tell you that when we were on board every night, all us Texans were going on and on about the restaurant. Food is incredible and much more interior Mexico, which is hard to find anywhere north of I-20. The staff was amazing. They entertained our boys, which brought us items we didn't even think we would like. And they even gave us a recipe for the tortilla soup, which is under a lock and key in my house. The other special event dining venues were fine. Chops, eh, well, it just didn't cut it for me. As usual, all venues had wonderful staff, but the food just wasn't what it had been on Mariner of the Seas. I'm pretty sure the lovely server had told me that I was as old as her mom had nothing to do with my opinion. <laughs> Ouch. We already booked our Navigator for 2015 and Liberty for 2016. But to be honest, I had to dig deep to book on a ship that did not have Sabor. The place must be phenomenal if it's one of the best parts of your vacation. And you know what, Casey? I'm totally with you on that. I'm glad we see eye to eye on the Sabor thing. And I'm actually really good, great to hear that you as a Texan, because I know Texans are very proud of the fact that you guys all know Mexican food better than anybody else in the world, that you approve of the Sabor food. I think it's amazing as well. The I'm surprised about the chops thing. You know, chops. What I always tell people is chops is a very consistent experience. I you know it, it's never like oh like oh it was terrible or anything like that. It's always really really good. And I'm, I'm sorry to hear that it didn't measure up there. But of course, I'll be perfectly honest. As much as I love chops on every ship, I would rather eat sabor right now. I just loved it on there. So glad to hear about that. And you know, navigate for 2015, Liberty 2016, great plans. And the other thing is, I think we mentioned this on the podcast. I love Mariner of the Seas. It was the ship. I went on with my wife for our honeymoon, so it has a little special place in our heart, so I totally get that. So I think we're on the same page on many of these cases. Thank you, Casey. Next, we have an email from Christopher Percy. Great to hear the observations of Len and Laurel in regard to episode 50 about Royal Caribbean versus Disney Cruise Line in regard to their recent cruise on Allure of the Seas. I enjoyed the point-by-point comparison between Royal Caribbean and Disney. I chuckled at the cheesy comments on some of the pictures and graphics around the ship. This, of course, is subjective, and they did make some interesting points. In regard to food, in the main dining room rating was interesting since our experience in Royal Caribbean does a fine job, and some of the cruises we've taken has been excellent. They seem to be focused on themes, where in our opinion, as long as the food options are done well, the theme is secondary. I agree on that part. The comments on appropriate music in the different bars was a little picky, but in my opinion, overemphasized as a big deal. The onboard app with Disney is a great feature and something Royal Caribbean should look into. The bottom line difference between both cruise lines is cost. Royal Caribbean is by far the better value and head and shoulders above what most cruise lines in this critical area and Disney is no exception. Agree with you as usual, Christopher. Thank you for emailing us. 
And let's wrap things up here with an email from Lori, a diamond-level crown and anchor cruiser. Thank you so much for your recent episode on Sabor Modern Mexican. I'm an educational specialist, so I have spring break still as an adult. Therefore, my Royal Caribbean addicted father, who currently has four cruises booked right now, wow, and I take a cruise, escaping Chicago winters over spring break each year. Currently, we have booked our first cruise out of Galveston on Navigator, my first time on that ship. I do not want to miss a chance at going to Sabor. I would like to make my reservation now, but since our cruise is in March 2015, my pre-cruise planner will not let me. Is it true you can only start booking dining, excursion, spa packages six months out? Please tell me I can book sooner. Hey, Lori. So, bad news you can. It's 180 days is the window when you can start booking things online for uh, restaurants, entertainment, onboard activities, excursions, and all that fun stuff. You can actually do that from 180 days out until 40 days before your sale date. So... You want to make sure you get that window. And unfortunately, you can't book it, well, more in advance. Unless you book things, of course, outside of it, outside of Royal Caribbean's window. You could book your own excursions, you know, and start doing stuff now. But it doesn't hurt to start planning, Lori. If I were you, I would already start planning because I'm obsessive compulsive and I love cruising and I can't get enough and I need to do something to get that little fix. So I would start already researching stuff to at least know. Because honestly, the opportunities and options given to you don't really change all that much, especially since... Navigator the season has been cruising out of Galveston now for a little while. So you'll you'll pretty much have a good idea, especially if you read some of the cruise compasses. We actually have a fairly recent one on RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com you can check out. And you can go there, get an idea of kind of what's on the ship, and you'll be ready for when the 180-day mark comes out there. Trust me, it'll be there before you know it, and hopefully you'll be able to book everything you want to do. Don't worry about it. The great thing is, I know you're kind of freaking out, like, oh, i got to make sure I get everything I want. The reality is most people don't book that far in advance. In fact, most people probably don't book at all in advance. So you'll be way out in front of the curve on this one, I think. So you'll be fine. So have a great cruise, Laurie. And I want to thank everybody for who sent in these great comments. Of course, I love reading these emails. You guys are awesome. And I'm so I'm so lucky, honestly, to have such great friends who listen to this podcast week after week. Send me these great emails. I love reading them. I love talking Royal Caribbean. And I think you do as well. So thank you for joining me once again. So if you want, of course, email us, Matt, M-A-T-T, at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. We'd love to read some more of your messages here on the podcast. So until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg, and we'll talk again soon.